thank you for joining me today, Julia. It's lovely to have you on. Um, I invited you onto the podcast today because you are a life guide. You help people through the ups and downs that they have in life and as a business owner you know what it's like to to have ups and downs within your business and kind of manage and tackle that um and you help other business owner owners manage that manage life get through stresses and learn to deal with problems and obviously that's that's what we talk about you know ways in which business owners can improve themselves so they can be uh, more effective and better better for themselves and their business so that's why I thought it'd be great to have you on and talk a bit more about what you do. Oh, thank you it's a nice nice welcome. <laughs> yeah so um, one of the things that I always talk about really is is this idea that the way we feel and and the the physical uh, effects in our bodies and and the way that we function a lot of people see them as separate things but you know am I right in saying that if emotionally you're not in tune if something's going on you're going to see it affect other aspects of your life yeah I think I think the fact is is that we're we're one human being and we do lots of things and if you get imbalance in any area of the one human that you are that can have a knock-on effect on on other parts of your your work or your life or your activities that you're trying to do so there's there's always um, a fine balance to look for because you are just one person yeah so how do you help people find that balance then I think a lot of the time it's it's not about me helping them find the balance. It's them realizing that they need to find the balance for themselves. So usually what happens is people will find um, that something is out of balance. So maybe they're not feeling so well and it might be physical or it might be mental, or maybe they are putting so much into work that they get home and fall asleep and they're not having enough family time. So people tend to self-identify that they're out of balance and some of those people carry on being out of balance indefinitely and there's consequences to that and other people recognize that they're out of balance and think to themselves okay I need to do something about it and sometimes they can do that through just re-evaluating their own thought processes and you know some people are really good at doing it themselves and, and that's fantastic. And I'll never see any of those people. Um, some people will buy a book and read about it. And that works for some people. Some people might go and listen to podcasts or go and, you know, do some online hypnotherapy or whatever. Um, and other people come and see me. Um, and I think the thing is, is that people recognize that, that the imbalance and decide to act. And it's that deciding to act that allows you to get your life back on track. So when people act and they come and see you, what is there a common reason that they've decided to to change something? Is there, you know, what is it that that's happened that 
that's made them kind of go, actually, no, I need to, I need to speak to Julia. So, so most people feel that they can look after themselves and they can make good choices for themselves and they make um, decisions that, that work for them. What, what some people recognise is that the things that they've been doing over and over again are still keeping them in that stuck place that they're in. So they might have tried every, every other way of moving from where they are now to where they want to be. And, and at that point, they realise that, you know, I could read another self-help book. I could listen to another podcast. I could, you know, talk to a different friend. But reality is, is that I'm stuck. And if I'm stuck, I need to have some help. And, and I guide people from being stuck to being unstuck. Um, and, and I think that's the part that um, once people realise that there's somebody who can actually listen to what they're saying and identify perhaps some of the reasons why they're stuck and then explore them in a safe and, and a caring environment so that, yes, sometimes you need, as a life coach, you need to be challenging. So you might push people to, to go where they don't want to go, but you have the skills to hold them in a safe place if they do go there. And other times you say, I'm listening. And for some people, that's all they need to hear. There's a a human sat opposite them with two ears who will just sit there and listen to the things that they need to talk about and sometimes you know that that in itself is all they need um and somebody to listen to them wow so sometimes I have to to work to get the information out other time it's just I'm listening okay so apart from listening then you say that sometimes you have to really work to get the information out what sorts of things do you do with people to help them to become unstuck, as you put it? Yeah. So so one of the things that I think is quite a powerful technique is, is ask people to imagine as if you are where you want to be. And when you ask that person, um, what, whatever the reason that they're to see you for, you say, well, imagine as if you've solved all the problems that's stopping you being where you want to be. Imagine what if that life looks like for you. And then you explore what do you see, what do you hear, what do you feel, what might you see, what might you touch, what might you taste, who might be with you. And you actually then start to let that person um, almost like paint a picture, create a a visual or a or memory or something about themselves in this future place that they want to be. And, and the longer you do that and the more detailed it is, what happens then is there's a shift between what the person, then they say, I want to be happier. Well, that's just a statement. But if you say, I want to be happier and you've done some as if work and you know what happier looks and feels like, it's really a lot, lot easier to get there because you're going towards something that you, you've you almost like you've created a future memory. So you've gone, you're going towards something that is out there already. And, and you know yourself, if you wanted to get from, from your house to the supermarket, it helps if you know where the supermarket is. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, you, you, if you just were sat at home and think, I need to go to the supermarket, but you have no idea where the supermarket is, it might take you a while to find one. Whereas this way, you know, you put it out there. This is this is where I want to be. And and 
the more you work on what that looks and feels like, because I can combine um, that sort of work, coaching work, with hypnotherapy, what I often do is um, when that person's described the place that they want to be, um, they're effectively co-creating a hypnotherapy script for me to work with them um, to actually embed that future self, that version of their happiness or whatever it is they're going for. And and so what I do is I take all of that information and I design a bespoke hypnotherapy script for them, which I can then put them in hypnosis. They can have that spoken back to them. And that really digs deep and, and almost embeds those, those future memories that they've created and makes them more real. And that means that in, in everyday life, going towards that is so much easier. It's clearer. They've got an idea what it looks like. Um, oh. So that's that's what one of the ways that I get people to, you know, to move from being stuck to being unstuck. That's when you were talking about that and you you talked about visualizing but imagining it thinking about how it feels what it smells like it's so like we're such visual beings aren't we the the things that we see and the things that we imagine our minds are so powerful and if you can start to control or influence the way in which your brain thinks it does start to become real doesn't it and and i think it's it's all about from from in my opinion almost teaching your mind that you you are in control of of your thinking and if you change your thinking yeah there's, yeah there's, there's there's a belief that um if you if you imagine something to be to have happened to be true and you put that out there into the universe. Lots of people talk about putting things out into the universe and manifestation and all that sort of stuff. But, but the thing is, is that if you put stuff out there, your your internal systems don't know whether that's actually true or not. So it assumes that they're true because you've said that they are there. So that's why people find it a lot easier. I'm, I'm very much a towards um, coach. I I like people to um, head towards things that they really want rather than dwell on uh, going away from things that they don't want. Um, the motivation for towards uh, people um, allows them to move much more positively and quickly towards the thing that they want. Um, if people are moving away from, so say you imagine somebody's in a job that they don't like and they just want to get out of that job, then they're not really solving the problem. They're just getting out of the situation they don't like. Whereas if they did some um, as if, what if um, work, they could actually create the perfect job. And it might be in the same industry or it might be a completely different industry. But they can actually go there and see what it might feel like if they were in a different place. Then they'll be in a towards ment mentality, they'll be a towards goal and they'll be wanting to go towards that new job or that new career. Um, and, it's, and it's a lot easier to chase a dream than to run away from a fear. So, uh, you know, that's, that's how, the way I look at it. And that's the way I work through, through my life too. You know, I'd rather, I'd rather go towards things that are good than run away from things that aren't. 
Yeah, it's it's a really interesting, you sort of turned it on its head and, and I suppose what you're doing is you're getting people to to think about the positive more than the negative. You're you're getting them to move forward towards the positive and what could be rather than running away from what they're all what is already existing. Do you work with a lot of people? You talked about people that maybe want to change jobs. Do you work with a lot of professionals or business owners? What are the sorts of people that you work with like? I, it, I tend to work with, um, I would say, business owners or professionals. Um, a lot of male clients come to see me. Um, I I think I've got a, a way with um, talking to um, male professionals. I've, I used to work in the construction industry, um, so I've got a, a way of, of handling some of the the, um, the conversations that I have with my male clients. Um, but the the the, the, the sort of people are people who are open to making changes for themselves. So they may not be professionals. They may be, you know, um, students. I've, I've been working with a student recently. Um, but they're just really open-minded, open to wanting to make a change. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the the last the last few people that I, I'm just trying to think of the last few clients that I've spoken to and um, trying to imagine where they're working and remember what what they said and yeah I think I think all bar one I would class as senior professional um, or business owners. Wow. So would you say that you're helping? professionals become better versions of, of themselves you see that's subjective mm. because I, I i don't know what better is for them they may be already at their best so i, I would never assume that i could make somebody a better version of themselves what i would sort of prefer to think of is that if somebody came to me and said i feel like i could do more be more you know get more whatever it is out of life then I certainly can um, use tools and techniques that I have to help them um, find the thing that they're looking for Um, I'm always wary of uh, bringing my own um, version of the world into my coaching sessions so so when I think of it, it when I hear the word a better version of yourself then I'm thinking well, there's an assumption that that the person in front of me isn't the best version of yourself. And I shouldn't make that assumption because that might be the best person. Yeah. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. It's like my my model of the world needs to stay outside of the room. So I'm very careful about what, what language I use. Um, and, and I often reflect back the client's language and I use phrases or, or, or sentences that they use with me. And I, I reflect them back to them because that way it means that I'm keeping my own um, thoughts, processes, beliefs, values out of the room. That's interesting. So I suppose it's when I think about clients and obviously we're working very different, very different sectors and very different industry. But I try to communicate 
my beliefs, my values and and my opinions on things to my clients. But that's in your field of work. It's a total opposite, isn't it? Because because I, you're wanting to share your knowledge and influence people to making good choices about their branding, their 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 journey for their their product or their business. So 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 there's a there's a an expectation on their part that you're bringing all of what you know and value and that's important to you to the table, and they're eagerly waiting to take on board that information. With me, they need to just the client just needs to know that I bring all the skills and expertise to the table but I leave my own personal values personal thoughts my you know there's no judgment when when someone sits in front of me and starts talking about their particular situation I leave all of that behind because I need to be a blank sheet of paper apart from the skills and the tools that I use to work with a client um What's going on in my world should never come into the client's session. Um, and, and I'm very good at that. If, if I recently, um, I, I, caught, I got COVID like many people did, and I had to cancel um, a couple of client calls. And one of them said, oh, let, let's just do it on Zoom. And I actually did a, a quick physical body check on myself. I thought, I actually don't feel well enough to. I don't feel well enough to give you what I would want to to give you so so we ended up you know rescheduling and I think it's important that you know I have to be at my best to work with a client and that means being being able to check myself to make sure that I am at my best um so I know a, a lot of the time people talk about self-care I'm always talking about self-care yeah and I I've got so many tools and techniques that to check my own self-care it's now it's now getting like a bit of a mantra. Oh, um, right. Tell us about them. So, so well, yeah, so so I, I've got a good friend called Neil Giller, and and I think I ought to introduce you to Neil because um, he he gave me a, a a little jewel which I've kept hold of for for ages, and it's that you should always um, you you need to keep your own cup filled. And only give to others from the overflow that goes into your saucer. And, and I thought to myself, when he said that to me, I thought, okay, I get this. So people who give a lot to other people, who are always giving and giving and giving, you have a responsibility to yourself to keep your own cup full. And that means you're looking after yourself, your self-care, making sure that you're in the best possible place and and when you are doing that as such a, a natural and a regular thing, you will get an overflow. And if you're very clever, you'll put a saucer under your cup and all of that overflow, you can then give to everybody else and you can do it and know that you're always going to be resilient enough to be able to cope with whatever life throws at you. So so in my head, I just think to myself, cup and saucer, and that's it. I'm sorted. <laughs> that's amazing. And I think everything you've talked about there is really important. I love that visual. I can see the cup now. I can see it overflowing. I can see the saucer. And I think yeah. it's so easy, especially people that are in high-profile jobs and that run their own businesses, to for that to deplete 
there's lots of talk of, of burnout and actually I think I think more and more yes this term self-care is being used a lot but I do wonder if people really understand what self-care really means what does self-care yeah. mean to you really so so if you'd have asked me this like 20 years ago or even you know whatever I would have I would have had a very different answer self-care would have been probably more about things and doing things and going places and being with the right people and filling my diary with something to do every weekend maybe yeah. that might have been how I believe self-care was what I really understand is self-care is the ability to check in on yourself and to actually do just like from a top to toe okay what's working what's feeling a bit achy croaky not quite 100 percent um what do I need to do to fix it and and what one of the things that, that I've got I've got a long-term um, chronic back problem and I used to be on quite a lot of medication and I don't take any medication now. And the reason I don't take any medication is because I'm doing the self, self checking of what am I doing? Am I going to make my back sore? If I'm going to make my back sore, what am I going to do to make it less sore? How am I going to look after myself whilst I'm doing the things that I want to do? Because I don't let it stop me. But it's almost like I'm more in tune with my body. And, you know, I, I have been known to um, make deals with the back pain and say, OK, back pain, I know you're going to kick off later today. <laughs> and that's OK, because I promise you later I'm going to run a really nice bubble bath. And I promise you that tomorrow I'm going to take it really easy and let you get yourself back to where you need to be. And that's sort of internal dialogue to me is about self-care. When I when I had um, COVID, I did that thing that lots of people did. Oh, it's just a cold. You'll be fine. So husband gets COVID same time. He stays in bed the first day and the second day. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to work because, you know, superwoman and all that. And what I realised is that actually my body said, no, COVID's quite nasty and, and we don't really like it. And so you need to go to sleep. Yeah. Uh, and I started having these really long naps in the day. And what I realised is my body knew better than I did. So I I do check in and I think it's important we do that. So self-care to me isn't about filling myself with hobbies and, and walks in the countryside. It's about checking inside what's, what's going off <laughs> and is it right? Yeah, no, absolutely. And the the checking in, yeah, it's, it's something that I talked about recently. I, I recently put out a post about powering down the way that we we look after our phones especially no one leaves a house with the phone on nearly on empty everyone makes sure it's charged if you know you're going to be out all day you yeah. take you take a charger with you you make sure you've got your cable it tends to be a really big focus but when it comes to ourselves and our own internal batteries we don't check it and we let it run out and and if only we looked after ourselves the way that we do with our phones and we're constantly recharging and making sure that that battery icon was full. Yep. 
you've got it there. So are, are you good at checking in on yourself, Danielle? I do now. I never used to be, but as I'm, as I suppose, as I'm getting a little bit older, a little bit wiser, I realise how important it is. And especially be- becoming a business owner, I realise the importance. And yeah, I do every morning. Uh, I wake up, the first thing I do is breath work and meditation. Um, I journal. I journal every morning. I write down three things that I'm grateful for. Um, and I write down affirmations as well. So I, yeah. a little bit like what you said at, at the start with with creating this vision for people, getting people to create a vision for their lives, for becoming unstuck, helping them to visualise where it is that they want to be. I do that for my days. I write down, okay, I've got another day what's going to make today great and I write down what a great day would involve and I'm already visualizing in the morning what those those things are I'm writing them down and and more often than not they come to fruition I think I think a lot of the time what what you set your filters for for the day is is what you notice in the day so if you wake up in the morning and you're setting your filters through your your um the work that you're doing what if you're setting them for positivity for for something nice to happen to you your your the way your brain works is it's constantly looking for ways to delight you because that's what you've set the intention for for the day so for those people who wake up sometimes in the morning and they think I'm in a you know crabby mood and I'm a bit ratty and fed up and and they start the day off like that. Do you know what? They're going to filter for most of the day for things to make them more annoyed, more crabby, more, you know, stressed and whatever. And and sometimes it is just as simple as changing the filter that you've applied for the day. And And so if you need to be really busy and you've got a lot of things to do, you want to filter for getting stuff done. That's what your filter is. But, you know, if it's a weekend and you just want to sit around and, you know, in your PJs on the sofa, maybe watch a movie, maybe chill out. You certainly don't want the same filter for getting stuff done. You want the filter that says, do you know what? Look for the thing that will give you the most pleasure for the least energy that you can wear your pajamas to do, that you can, you know, not bother putting your lipstick on or doing your hair. You know, you can filter for that. And it's really strange that. If people did more of filtering for what they want in the day, they'd be a lot happier. My husband always filters for traffic problems when he goes to work. And do you know what? He always gets traffic problems. (laughs) And when I'm in the car and I'm driving and he sat at the side of me, he'll say to me, how come every traffic light's on green when you approach the roundabout or the the (laughs) junction? And I'll say... Because I don't filter for having traffic problems in the morning. I just assume that I'm going to get from A to B and the traffic lights will change as and when. And I'm not looking for people to delay my journey. I'm looking to get to where I'm going. And and he, he thinks it's amazing, but it is true. And I have noticed, actually, it, everybody should try this. If you know somebody who filters for traffic problems and you sat at the side of them, just 
just watch how many problems they get. Every traffic light will go on red. There will be people cut them up. There'll be people, you know, going slow or there'll be people trying to sneak in into the traffic queue in front of them. And and their stress levels will just go straight out of the roof. So if you just filter, just yeah. get in from A to B. You know what? Life's so much easier. Yeah. It's Some interesting. Things are probably still happening. Yeah. But you're not allowing yourself to take them on board. They still happen. I still get cut up. Occasionally I will have a red traffic light, but I'm not getting wound up by it. That's the difference, isn't it? Noticing. It's what you notice. Yeah. And you'd control what you notice. So, obviously, you're a life coach. When people come across you, do they have any misconceptions about what you do and what a life coach is? Um, well, I'm quick to tell them <laughs> that that um, they have all the answers to the problems that they have. Um, and I'm always quick to say, look, if you're looking to me to tell you what to do, it's not going to happen because I'm not you and I don't know what you need to do to, to change whatever it is you're working with me for. What I am able to do is to listen to what you say, notice the things that you're ignoring or not saying, and then ask you to maybe explore those to allow you to move, um, you know, further forward into into sorting your own problems out and finding your own answers and when I say to people everybody has all they need to be who they want to be already and and, and me in my role as, as life guide is I just help them find it a bit quicker by being able to ask the right questions or being able to hold them with some thoughts that normally they skip over or they don't you know some people talk about in their head oh there's boxes or or places I don't go. Well, sometimes as a life coach, sometimes I have to take people to those boxes and say, let's just open the box. Let's just have a look. Let's see whether we need to do anything. And sometimes you can just put the box back and you don't need to do anything. But other times you open the box and then, you know, hey, presto, all sorts of things happen. <laughs> and, and that person realizes that they already knew the answer to the problem. It's just that they didn't open the right box. Uh, I love I do that. Think people's minds are beautiful, and and one of the things I normally say to 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 my clients when I finished working with them is, I thank them for allowing me to to have time with their beautiful mind, and and that I've learnt a lot about how their beautiful mind works for them. And when I say that to people, they look at me a little bit strange, and and what I say is that it's a privilege to work with somebody's mind somebody's thoughts it's a privilege and and your mind doesn't give up freely unless it feels safe you know your 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 conscious and subconscious will will only release things when it feels safe to do so and and for for somebody's mind to give all of that over and to to be able to be um it's itself its natural authentic self and say the things that maybe would get filtered out. Um, I think that's a, a, it's a privilege, and and I'm very honoured to to have people's beautiful minds work with me, uh, and I think it's nice to say thank you. That is beautiful. That really is beautiful. 
and I think it's amazing <clears throat> excuse me I think it's amazing that you ultimately you help people realize that they have they already have what they need to reach their goals to to get unstuck to whatever it is that they they want in their lives now you know now and in the future that they have the ability to do it to just need someone to help guide them and that's where you come in yeah and this is this is why I, it took me a long time to, you know thinking about how you brand yourself and how you market yourself um there's loads and loads of life coaches out there in this world and they're all different shapes and sizes and they all offer different products and and i and i actually did a little bit of thinking and i'm thinking when when my life was going up and down and when i was having problems i i just needed somebody to guide me around them i knew i was okay i just needed a guide to get me from where i was to where i needed to be um the next step sort of thing in life and and i i think that saying that I'm the life guide it it just allows me to let people know that it's it's their stuff that they will fix and I will just be walking alongside them holding the hand maybe sometimes poking them with a sharp <laughs> stick to make them do the thing that they don't want to do mm. um and also offering a tissue once they've done something and then it's you know released an emotion and they 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 need a tissue and they need to have a, a little bit of a an emotional release so um yeah so I, I I like being a guide it's it's it feels good for me to say that because I think I'm I'm working at, at purpose I think all all through life I've always worked with people and and what I recognize is that all of the jobs I've ever done have been people-centered and they've always been about people moving from where they don't want to be to being where they would want to be so I, I've worked with um, people on benefits, getting them on from benefits to into employment. I've worked with people that are um, nowhere to live into homes. I've worked with people who have got poor um, conditioned homes into better conditioned homes. I've all of the all of the work I've ever done is about giving people that support to move from where they don't want to be to where they want to be. And, and one of the best parts of it was when I was working in, in communities. And when you go out and you meet a group of really enthusiastic people who are volunteering their time in a community, either for a charity or for a, an area or for, a, for some, some passion or cause, and you realise those people are so giving and talented. And I just think to myself, I've, I've worked with some of the best um community activists in different communities on different issues and I'm always again in awe at how amazing the things that they can achieve and some of them are battling um, not having the right education or not having the right access to resources or finances or whatever and yet they still you know just deliver things that I, I just get I get like little goosebumps when when I see them just being amazing and and I still do that work now. So although I'm doing life coaching and hypnotherapy, I, I still work in communities. Um, and and I've got, I work with a couple of community organisations. And, and I still find that that is one of my, um, I, I call it a passion thing. I, I love doing it. I would do it if I didn't get paid. 
Um, but it's nice that, you know, I do get paid for doing it, but yeah. I still would do it. Well, I think you're, you know, you, you talked about your brand, a life guide. I think, I think it's perfect because it sums up everything that you've just talked about. It's really simple. It's memorable and I get it. And I'm sure other people will as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it's, it's really, it's really hard. It's really hard to know you, you know, yourself to, to, to actually own and feel that when you get your business idea and, and it becomes almost like a business baby and, and you have to take it through a journey. And I have had various versions of, of my branding and my, my business baby. And, and I've now got to the one where I actually I've got the brand new offices uh, that I'm working in. I've, I've been there, I think it's four months now. And and every time I walk into the space, I just think, you know what? I have the best job in the world. I'm Amazing. working in a job that I love with people that I love working with. And I've got a lovely, lovely new office. It's, it can't get much better than that, can it? No, it sounds, it sounds brilliant. And I think the work that you're doing with people to help them imagine their personal and professional life, being aligned and fulfilling their needs, you being able to facilitate that for them is, it's incredible. It's amazing stuff. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on today and, and sharing what you do. Um, is there anything that you hoped I would have asked you that I haven't asked is there anything that you wanted to talk about ah well you know you did tip me off with a few questions you might ask the one you've not asked me that took me longest to think about (laughs) and I feel I I feel I've done all that thinking if I don't talk about it now then it's wasted okay (laughs) but I did a real deep dive on this one so what I think the question is, is what was the biggest failure and what did I learn from it? Okay, yeah. And and I thought to myself, oh, that's a big question. Yeah. And, you know, I've been around for a long time, so there's been an opportunity <laughs> to have lots of them. <laughs> so then to think about which one specifically did I learn maybe most from. And it was when I was in business with somebody and they broke my trust. Um and and what I discovered at that time was that honesty and trust are two of my core values. And that person deceived me and they broke the trust. And what I realized is that I felt so sad and I missed the relationship that I previously had with this person. And I think I also walked away from something that I'd really built up and I was proud of but I knew that without that trust and that honesty it would never it would never be the same so and and what I think I learned from that is that having been there and experienced that in business I know that some of my clients come to me and they're in that similar situation and the pain of of losing or leaving a business or a you know, a career that you really invested in, not through your own choice, but by circumstances out of your control. 
And and I just think if I'd have had somebody to guide me through that, I perhaps would have been bouncing back more resilient, quicker, and feeling feeling like I could get back to being myself a lot quicker than I did. It took me too long to bounce back from that. And, and I'd like to think that, you know, what I've learned is that you can guide people through that and get them where they need to be. Um, and sometimes failure hurts and, and it makes you sad. And that's, that's, it's good to notice that that's how it feels. So, so yeah. I, I really did do a lot of thinking on that one, <laughs> a lot of thinking, and and I, I and I, it it just it just said to me, you know, we all need to know what our core values are, because if we if we're working and living and and playing sports and socialising, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, and we're in within our core values, the things that really matter to us, then you know, life's a lot easier. So if cheating, cheating, sport and cheats, hmm. how many people think about having a core value of honesty and yet you see people cheat in sports and you think, oh, yeah, that's not quite the same. I don't know. It's, there's, there's lots to be said for it. So that's the one I did. Failure uh, was about when your core values are completely con compromised by somebody else. Well, as painful and distressed distressing I'm sure that time was it's you've learned from it and it's equipped you to be able to help people now that are going or will go through the same thing yeah yeah well I'm glad I asked you that question I'm glad yeah. you got to share that with us core values are very important to me and it's something I always get business owners to address because because you have to know again we talked about vision Vision's one aspect of that. You have to know where you're heading and you have to have some foundations laid before you get there. Otherwise, you're kind of on a journey with no destination in mind, which just doesn't work. <laughs> You'll well, just keep I going. Think, I, think, I think in a way, what you do and what I do are very, very similar, but different in the yeah. fact that, that you're creating the, the what if, the as if for their brand and their business, um, which, you know, when when they start talking, I'm sure that, that what they're saying is is painting a picture for you, for you to start building, you know, the offer for them, for what, what they need. Um, and it's the same for me. I, I'm listening and, and you know, I'm, I'm almost creating with them their vision for what their life looks like when they um, achieve it. So... So although we're very different careers, different industries, we are very similar. Very similar. And it hadn't really dawned on me until I had this chat with you. So, yeah, I've it's been insightful for me today as well. So that's really good. So obviously you're there for people. You're there to listen. You're there to help. If people want to find you, where can they? So... Um... I've got a website, um, which uh, is juliaberkin.co.uk. I have a practice in Shardlow in Derbyshire, um, which is by the canal. It's very nice. It's a historic mill building, and I'm absolutely in love with the place. So um, I'm always happy to show people around. 
Um, if people want to have a chat, regardless of whether they want to work with me or not, they can have a 20-minute initial conversation with me. Sometimes I can just signpost them to some material or something that, that will help them, and they don't ever need to come and work with me. I'm quite happy to do that. Other times, you know, we take it on and, and we, we look at working together. Um, but it's all very much um, bespoke. I don't do the sort of packages that sometimes people offer that say, you know, sign up to a 12-week or a six-week thing. I work with a person that turns up on the day and it's much easier and, and better to be like that, I think. Thanks for sharing that. And really lovely speaking to you today, Julia. Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, Danielle. It's been lovely, lovely. And um, it's been a pleasure, an absolute pleasure. Thanks. Thanks.